What's up, Mac Geeks? Welcome back to episode number 17 of the Mac Geeks podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Hughley, and I'm excited to be back, y'all. Um, I actually took a week off of wrestling just because I am a high school teacher. That's my day job. Uh, we had quarter one wrapping up, and so I had to kind of make sure that I tended to everything and got everything under control for that. Um, had to take a little bit of break off of wrestling, but we are back. Um, and we are back with a great one. Uh, I just got off the phone or off the Zoom, actually, uh, talking with Mr. Clay Lott over at UNC. Um, Clay was the 2020 174-pound ACC champ for the Tar Heels. Uh, we got into a lot about his career and kind of his journey through youth wrestling, winning state titles in Kansas to high school to committing to UNC pretty early. Um, and at, even at UNC, kind of some of the hardships that he went through, even uh, a time period where he thought he was done with wrestling, thought he wasn't coming back. And um, such a great story where, you know, he at one point thought he wasn't coming back. And, you know, we all know that he did come back and he won an ACC title. Uh, so it, it really was a great interview. Clay's a good dude, had a good time talking to him. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. But Real quick, before we get into that, I just want to thank you guys all again very much for listening to my podcast. I uh, It does not go unnoticed uh, how much support that I'm getting and, and the love I'm getting, and I'm having a great time doing it. So I thank you guys very much for doing that. Uh, thank you for anybody who ordered the apparel or uh, anything you guys are doing. It really is great to see the support that we're getting. Um, if you don't already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just type in Mackie. She will find us. Um, also do us a favor go so go over to rockfin and and follow us on rockfin it is 100 free to sign up for a rockfin account all of my content on rockfin is 100 free so you don't have to pay anything you just have to sign up and get an account uh, follow us on rockfin um, also do us a favor go check out my new friends over at wrestler uh, wrestler is an apparel company that's kind of up and coming has some really cool gear um, wrestler that's w-r-s-l-r uh, it, it they have some really good stuff, man. And we're going to be coming out with some good stuff with them and our kind of partnership. Uh, but go check them out. Wrestler. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. Um, they're on a bunch of different places. But uh, check them out for sure. They, they got some really great stuff. Um, but with that being said, uh, last thing actually is if you're listening to this podcast, please do us a favor, especially on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate and review. Um, had a couple of them, and it's really cool hearing from you guys. And um, I want to have a show where I eventually kind of read them and, and, and let you guys know kind of the support we're getting back. I, I really appreciate it. But I'm getting long-winded. I will shut the hell up. Here is Mr. Clay Law. Oh, it's been good. You know, um, we picked up our practices. Um, I think last time we were in preseason, so we're doing a lot of uh, running and a lot more stuff outside, kind of while the weather's still nice. Um, still nice pretty like still nice now so um but now we're back in the room um we switched over from our normal wrestling room to a gym across the just like across the street um and we have like five wrestling mats in there so we'll be we're able to be a little more spread out and uh getting back to it getting into some live wrestling um and getting and a couple of us are training for U23s coming up in a few weeks. So I'll be going to that in Omaha. That's awesome. Yeah, so I've seen that. Uh, I've seen a couple of different schools go to, like, the different gyms or the different rooms. Is that 
what is that about? I mean, is that just for more space? So, you know, I guess some kind of protocol, like keeping people away from each other? Or what's that? Deal yeah, um, I think it's a couple of things. Um, one, we're able to be more spread out from one partner to the other to the next one. So if uh, one guy in there supposedly does have COVID, um, he's less likely to spread it to the other partners he's around because we're more spread out. Um, I think we have like twice as much mat space. And then also it's like a big open, very big open gym with very tall ceilings. So um, I guess the air circulation, it's not as much of a tight indoor space where you could get to be a contact case from the, the air circulation. Yeah, mm, makes sense. Um, and you mentioned U23, so uh, you're going to be going to that. That's pretty cool, man. So who else training for that? And, uh, you know, when and where is that? Um, I think it's the, it's November like 13th through the, or November 14th and 15th in uh, Nebraska, Omaha, weigh in on the 13th. And there's a, about like 10 of us going. Um, it was kind of a uh, coach put it on us. It was our choice if we wanted to go, but I want to get, I want to, it's been a long time since I've uh, competed against someone in an actual wrestling match. So I'm just want to get out there and test myself a little bit, see where I'm at before we head the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, looking forward to that, man. So what, uh, I, let's just go ahead and get into, to back to Chapel Hill, you know, wrestling in general. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your career growing up and then, you know, kind of through college and maybe even get back to that freestyle kind of stuff, you know, might be aspirations there for you. It sounds like, um, before I get into all the serious stuff, gotta ask, are cornrows a new thing in Chapel Hill? Because I saw the picture yeah. of O'Connor the other day that had cornrows, and then I texted it to, to Coach Ramos. It was like, whoa, that's awesome. And he was like, you miss, you miss Clay. Clay had him too. So, yeah, what's going um, on with the cornrows? <laughs> I guess so. We've, I mean, we've both, uh, we both been growing out our hair since uh, about, like, February, March. Yeah. Um, I was both independently wanted to. We didn't talk about it. Um, and then I think I, the idea came in my head. I wanted to get some, I wanted to get them. And then I think O'Connor was, we didn't even really talk about it. We both wanted the same things. We both wanted it. And then about like when I was getting ready to get mine, I set up an appointment and O'Connor was all about it too. So then he knew somebody that got, gave them to him. And so I might be rocking those uh, during season for matches. We'll see. Heck yeah. Did they, okay, so do they hurt? I gotta ask, they look tight. No, it didn't hurt too bad at all. That's cool. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and, you know, besides that, you know, when I was looking through, you know, pictures from last season and everything, I noticed you got the, the blood and water tattoo on your arm. Um, you know, can you, like, tell us a little bit about that? You know, where did that come from? What's the whole story behind it, if there is one? Um, I got it when I was pretty young. I got it when I was, like, 16. Um, haven't gotten any sense. I want one, but it's just, like, I know I want some more, but it's, like, trying to save up some money so I can get it get go to like a real professional person go like get a great tattoo from putting anything else and be super sure of what I'm going to put on um but you know my family's always been very important to me and they kind of I think I'm molded a lot by my family and where I grew up from and you know the phrase like blood is thicker than water um has always resonated with me but so that's what that's what kind of what I originally wanted to put on my on my bicep, but I figured that it was like 
too long of a phrase that it would be, have to be smaller wording. So I thought um, blood, over water, blood over water would uh, fit better on that location. So Yeah, oh, that's cool, man. It looks good. Yeah, I, uh, I have a couple myself and um, at least, you know, yours is – Yours makes sense. It looks good. I don't think it'll ever kind of be something you regret. I definitely have one that I regret when I got when I was 18. Um, I got this, you know, kind of tribal looking thing on my arm, which I'm like, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, but I like the other one a lot. So uh, mine's changed, opinion changed, but you know, I feel like I always love my family. So absolutely, absolutely for sure, man. Um, but yeah, jumping into your wrestling career, so. Um, I, you know, I had a million questions to ask you last time you were on, but, you know, we kind of had a different topic. I'm glad I get to go into this stuff now. Um, you know, when did you get introduced to wrestling? And, like, at, at what point did you figure out, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this? Um, so I think I have a pretty, like, it's fairly normal um, childhood experience with sports. I played pretty much everything. Uh, I didn't really I, – I started wrestling when I was, like, five. Uh, my dad, he he went and watched the NCAA championships in Kansas City back in like 2003 or something, whenever they were in Kansas City. And he that was the first wrestling match he ever watched. It was the NCAA finals, and he just thought it was badass. So he put put me and my brothers into wrestling So at a very young age. Um, he was a football player, though. So, you know, I played football, wrestling, baseball, track, soccer, basketball, like pretty much any support, like I've played everything. Um, but I think I was always best at wrestling. So I found out, like I knew I was pretty good. I won, I won the Kansas State tournament and like when I was eight and 10 and 12, but I never really loved it as a kid. Um, and so then I didn't really start getting super serious about like sophomore year of high school, I'd say. And that's when I started wrestling in the summers and started focusing more on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I mean, it sounded like, you said it, it didn't, wasn't kind of like a, a crazy story growing up, but to me, that's kind of cool. Like, it sounds like your dad might not have been as much into wrestling and just kind of went to the event to see what was going on. Is that the case? Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, none of my, he didn't wrestle. Um, no, one, no one in my family wrestled uh, until me and my brothers be able to put him at the same age. He's a year older than me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he loved it. He thought it would, he was, he played football in college um, and he thought wrestling would help with football. And turns out, you know, I got a way better build for wrestling than I do for football. Um, yeah. So, you know, I kind of realized, you know, by mid high school, like, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be like some six two, two hundred 230 pound linebacker in the NFL. So, you know, I started focusing more on wrestling. I think this is where I could be best at and you know as, as, as I got better started to enjoy it more um yeah no that's pretty cool man I mean it's cool that you know your dad just kind of went to see this event and then was like that shit's pretty cool let's let's yeah. get our kids in that um yeah. that's awesome man and I definitely feel you on the uh, the not the not having as big of a build for football I guess I, uh, yeah, I stopped yeah. growing in like seventh grade I was like the biggest kid in seventh grade and then now I'm 24 years old and I think I'm like 10 pounds bigger than I was in seventh grade. So I just stopped growing. Um, <laughs> so wrestling's obviously a good sport for that, man. Um, yeah. You know, if I was, if I was 
had some freak build, probably being the football. I think I, I think I enjoyed high school football more than I did high school wrestling, but you know. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, you, so you grew up in Kansas too, right? So, um, you got to clear something up for me, not even wrestling related, right? You talked about the, the championships being in Kansas city, Kansas city is in Missouri, right? Yeah. But like how close is where you grew up to Kansas city and like, why the heck do they call it Kansas city if it's not in Kansas? Oh, I mean, there is a Kansas city, Kansas and a Kansas city, Missouri. It's like, it's on the border. Um, But I guess the downtown area is in is in Missouri. I'm only about a ten minute drive from Missouri, so okay, not too far. I'm I'm about in between, like I like probably like thirty minute drive from downtown and then the football stadium, baseball stadium. Um, so just like right outside Kansas City. So that Kansas City like city area is like in both states, or like um, right on the line. Well, there's, there's a lot, there's like part of Kansas city that's in Kansas. Um, I'd say it's like a city like this, but then like the borders in the middle, okay. um, yeah, yeah. they have all the doubt. So then it's because it's in two different States, they have two, they have two separate mayors. So there's two separate cities on technicality, but like huh. geographically, like geographically, it's like one location. That's wild. I, yeah. I didn't know that. I should know that. Um, but yeah, man, pretty cool. Um, Another thing that I kind of noticed is, you know, you talked about, you know, not really getting into it hardcore until maybe like sophomore year of high school. Um, you you were a three-time state champion in Kansas in high, in high school, right? Who knows how many you won before then. But how, how did you make that transition from youth wrestling, middle school to high school so seamlessly? I mean, for me, like watching kids make that transition is crazy because, you know, it's a completely different animal going from wrestling middle school kids to varsity level high school. Yeah. Um, well, I won. So I won three U state titles in Kansas as well. And I think as when I was in kid wrestling, I relied on my physicality and athletic athleticism. I think um, I never won. Uh, you know how they go like eight and under, ten and under, twelve and under. They go every like two years. Yeah. Um, I never I never won on the bottom year of my age division, but I never lost on the top year. So. Yeah. I think like when I was when I was able when I was like as big and strong and as mature as other kids I was facing I always seemed to do well and so my freshman year of high school I didn't do great um, I placed six at the state tournament and you know both broken up into like four divisions in Kansas so it's like it's not that's not spectacular I wasn't getting any college looks at the time and then. <laughs> I think the jump from freshman to sophomore year, I didn't wrestle in the summer. Um, so I just stuck to those like three, four months in the season. Um, but I went from like one, I went from a 138 pounder, a 160 pounder. I had a big growth spurt. And then I think I was back on the level of where I was one of the strongest kids, one of the most athletic kids in my weight class. And I think I was more, I think that was able to help me more than my technique at that time. Um, and so I think that's what, that's kind of like, I did have a lag when I got into high school, but then once I was able to catch up maturity wise, athleticism wise, that's when I did good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you, it's funny. Cause like looking back on it, you can definitely call it a lag, right? Cause you won three state titles to finish it out. But I mean, if we're being honest here, coming in as a freshman, getting sixth in the States, 
not something to to overlook either, right? I mean, mm-hmm. state placer as a freshman, that means, you know, you're one of the best kids in the state coming out in ninth grade, which is hard to do. I mean, people don't realize a ninth grade kid and a, a senior, like that is legitimately a man versus a boy, you know, yeah. like and you're having to beat those guys. Um, that's why watching the Super 32 is wild, man. Watch some of those eighth grade kids. It's just, it's insane. Um, but I mean, you talked about obviously one of those three state titles, you, you know, you weren't really getting looks this, that first year. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually, obviously you did, right? You landed at UNC. Um, were you highly recruited coming out of high school? And like, what was the whole recruitment process? What did it look like? Who were you looking at? Um, so I would say that I wasn't very, I committed my late in my junior year of high school to UNC. And at that point I wasn't being super heavily recruited. Um, but I loved UNC and I think I still would have chose UNC if any school in the country was uh, asking me to go there at the time. So that's why I committed so early. Um, but at, still at that time, um, I, I'd only wrestled one summer, I'd only done one uh, season of summer wrestling. So I'd only, you know, got that, kind of shown myself at Fargo one time. Um, I was a double All-American, so I did get some looks from that. But it was in cadets. So it was, again, it's not like, no, it's not the main people that are looking at. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I had, I think, uh, like you and I, um, Nebraska was talking to me a little bit. Um, some other small schools like Cal State, Bakersfield, um, U Chicago. It was, it was a lot of uh, a lot of smaller schools at the time. And then I think after I committed, within I think one month, is when I made the uh, the cadet Greco team. So right after that, I was already committed, but then I started to get recruited more and more. Um, and then that summer, All American at Fargo again. Um, so it was pretty. It was a lot after my recruiting that I started. After I committed, I started getting recruited heavier. But I was already committed, and I already liked UNC. I knew what my money was going to be like at UNC. I had everything figured out. And then I think at the time, I don't even know if I was ranked in the uh, in like the national rankings on flow. And then I think I jumped up to like six. So I guess UNC saw something that other schools didn't at the time. Yeah. I think that, like, honestly, that is kind of a common thing with a lot of people I talk with in the ACC is like, you know, they, they kind of committed early because they liked their school. They weren't really getting a whole lot of looks, but, you know, it seems like the coaches around the conference really have a, a knack at finding you guys, right? Before you actually hit it big, right? You guys all ended up being big recruits, but, you know, mm-hmm. they found you kind of in the early years of that. Um, man, I mean, what, I, what I'm wondering, and I'm a high school coach, so I'm wondering this for, for telling my guys, um, you recruited kind of early or uh, committed kind of early, right? Um, what would you tell, like, not even UNC related, but what would you tell recruits if you're giving advice? Like, would you say, hey, ride it out and just make sure you see all your options, commit whenever you feel comfortable? Like, what would your advice be now looking back on it? Obviously, you made the right choice, right? But yeah. what's your I advice think, now? Yeah, I think I made the right choice. Um, I think it, I think it depends on the person a lot. Um, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but... Uh, not at all. I think, for me, I knew 
where I, I knew where I wanted to go. Um, I think first as a recruit, you need to, to like, you need to acknowledge what you, what you're looking for in a college. And I wanted a program that was good at wrestling, but also good academically. And the caliber that UNC is in wrestling and academics, there's only a handful of schools in the country that can match that. Mm-hmm. And then also I knew that I wanted to go to a place with some nice weather. And so then right then I, that already narrows down my choices by a lot. There's only like, I mean, like there's UNC, Virginia, um, Michigan. Not Stanford, a whole lot of Southern schools. Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many Southern schools and there's not many that with the, uh, with the rest, with the wrestling and um, athletic, yeah, the wrestling academics, um, the coaching staff that we have, it wasn't quite the same when I committed, but you know, it was one of Coleman's first years, and I saw them trying to do big things here. Um, I recognized that early, but as I mean, as I told my, I think I think every recruit shouldn't try to rush a decision unless in, unless they're sure about it, and with me, I knew that. I really, I really believe that if any, if any school in the country were to c- contact me and offer the same amount of money to go to their school, that I s- still would have chose UNC. And that's why I decided to commit so early because I didn't think my, my, my school was going to change despite if anything happened. If I became a way higher recruit, which I did, and I'd get recruited by a bunch of other schools, that I still wouldn't have changed my choice. Yeah. Well, that's good having that peace of mind, knowing that, you know, no matter how it went down, you made the right choice. I mean, it sounds like it went down fine, um, but still, you made the right choice looking back. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting because I didn't know what schools you were looking at, obviously, before. Um, obviously, all those other schools you named off, except for probably uh, Cal Bakersfield, are a lot closer, right? So, um, you know, what was it about UNC specifically that, that made you comfortable with committing and you know how's that process been uh, you know committing to UNC um so my connection to UNC was actually started with uh Neil Ayersman who's now at Little Rock um he grew up in Kansas not too like very close to where I was growing up where I grew up and um his like his club coach growing up was my club coach and so we and so I think uh that's how I got the connection when he was that's how it started. That's how I started talking to UNC. And uh, I also have some connections with my family. Um, just growing up, my, uh, my parents were divorced. My dad, he actually moved out to North Carolina. And I was a huge, I've been a huge North Carolina fan, um, like just sports fan growing up. And so it was always one of my favorite schools. And then uh, with my dad being out here, he's in uh, Richmond now. So it's kind of like, it's not completely far away. I do have some sense of home. Close. Yeah. yeah, not far away at all. Um, I gotta ask: Are you a Panthers fan? No, I'm rocking with the Chiefs. Oh, okay. All right. I'm a Falcons fan, so you know we we suck. We're absolutely awful right now. But you know they're playing the Panthers Thursday night. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been good as a Chiefs fan the past couple of years. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got the best players in the league. They all take you know. Not a whole lot of money to stay. Yeah, um, we have Mahomes for 12 years. So. Yeah, Mahomes, you know, you paid him more than Bill Gates, but he's uh, – He gives you 12 more years at least. Dude, he's awesome. He's incredible. Um, yeah, man, but you made that transition over to UNC. Um, 
tell me a little bit about UNC, right? So obviously you guys have an incredible coaching staff. I mean, even just in the last couple of years, it, it like Coleman's really building that coaching staff up. It, it's, I mean, there's so much talent, so many, you know, Olympic medals, world medals, NCAA titles, like all kinds of stuff going on over there. How is that coaching staff at UNC and how does it all fit together? Um, there's, I mean, there's so much talent and so many different people to learn from. But I think they fit together well because they're all, they all kind of have a contrasting style. Um, so it's kind of, you know, Coleman doesn't try to mold us into being a specific type of wrestler. I know like some schools, you know, like you have the Iowa guys who all, they all wrestle their Iowa style, they're all grinders do this, like, kind of have the same mentality in how they wrestle. Um, but I, Coleman doesn't really try to impose a certain style on us, but try to make whatever we do the best that we do it. And I think he's definitely, like, it helps being able to do that by having a guy like Coleman, having a guy like Tony, Jamil, Kennedy, J.O. Pretty much, like, if I, you know, I can go to Coleman and ask him how he's setting up his outside shots and how, then go to Tony how and you know, try to take, pick something from him on how he's pressuring guys and forcing is keeping that constant pressure on guys the whole time. And then like J.O., how to, you know, I can go to him, ask him like, how, how are you guys, how are you keeping guys off you? You know, if you have, I'm facing a real good hand fighter and I want him to stay off my head this match, like, how are you doing that? Um, so I think it works well being able to just pick up really anything from, either one, like any of our coaches. Um, and then obviously Kenny's like, he, there's a there's a doctorate in wrestling, you know, like Kenny's got it, J.O.'s got it, Coleman, Tony, Jamil, like they all are able to help with anything. And then they're all fairly young. So they're all relatable um, and can still wrestle with some of the guys too. Um, yeah. Less less and less, um, Coleman's been wrestling. Coleman's wrestling and then Tony's wrestling. But when I came here, they were in the room a lot, wrestling with the guys. Um, J.O.'s in there every day. Um, I think being able to wrestle against a guy like that is just you pick up more from them, from him telling you something because he has a completely different feel than anything I've felt in, in the room. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's awesome having all those guys in there. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I think the cool thing about it is, too, um, and I mentioned it to, to Tony, he kind of brushed it off, but they, they were all competitors at one point, too, right? It, it's not only, not only are these guys so good, but they were all, like, the same weight at one time and all competing against each other, um, with the exception of Kenny. Uh, I can't remember if, if Jamil was in the same kind of time frame with all those guys, but I know Coleman, J.O., and coach Ramos all have like wrestled each other on the international circuit. So I think it's kind of cool that you guys, you got these guys that were competitors that were, you know, unselfish enough to give each other a call and be like, Hey, you know, you're really good at this. I got a spot open. Come on over here and help out the program. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's cool to see that. Um, put all that aside and working together. Um, we also kind of have an Oklahoma state connection. A lot of, like, I think, uh, I mean, Coleman, J.O., Kenny, Jamil, Gary Wayne, a lot of Oklahoma State guys, and then throwing an Iowa guy, Tony, so. Yeah, 
still interesting. You got, you got two different perspectives on um, how two top programs were ran and, you know, kind of combining those things to create the best of that, best of both of those. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, I mean, just having those guys at the top has got to do like amazing things for the program in general. I know, you know, I've been a fan for a long time and UNC has jumped leaps and bounds in the last 10 years, you know, since Coleman's come in and take over and really, kick-started everything um how is you know that coaching staff and having that much knowledge there how's that trickle down and you know what's the the team culture like um i think the team culture has changed from we just demand more out of each other and we all want to we all have higher expectations for ourselves and so that that changed our team culture because we are going to be more focused at practice when we come to practice it's time to work um we demand better the best from each other like off outside the restroom room inside the restroom room we've just like set we've just each year like all right we did like we improved and then now let's set our expectations higher than last year and then we improve again and set our expectations higher than last year and i think it's been both the coaches and the team as a whole that have realized our potential and you know starting to demand more out of ourselves and now I think that you know there's a winning culture so you know that's like I when I got here you know there's a couple people that felt it was okay to you know like not go their hardest in live but now you know if you're starting on the team you feel that pressure of that sense of need to win and so it makes you work way harder um, for your team because you know you don't want to I don't want to disappoint my team just as much as I don't want to disappoint myself. And I think that like brotherhood between that is like, I, you know, it gets you through those days that those tough days when you don't want to do it on yourself. Um, and I think the culture really helps us like avoid those bad practice days and those. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I mean, not only, what you just said, you know, kind of pushing each other to get better. And, you know, it's kind of a, a team effort to, you know, pull together and give your, give your all every day. Not only that, but, you know, from an outside perspective, you guys have more talent on that team than, than UNC's ever had, in my opinion. I mean, you guys, it, the depth is incredible. You know, I was going through looking at the lineup and, you know, who's here, who's there. And, I mean, some of these weight classes, you guys just are stacked. I mean, 133 jumps right off to me. You guys got – a bunch of guys that, that can start at any school around the country. Right. Um, and it's that same way at a lot of your weights, if not all of them. Um, so, I mean, it's really cool to, to see what's going on there. And, you know, speaking of 133, I know you room with, with Jamie Hernandez and Zach Sherman. Um, how's, uh, how's the, the room and situation? Does Zach's ukulele get annoying? Um, he's kind of left off it for a little while. It's been, it's been good. We actually just, uh, we, we just like rearranged our whole house the other day and it's looking real good now we got a, like a basically like a movie theater set up in our living room now with a, a big old projector and a nice massive couch where we can all lay on and it's been good you know um kind of back to uh the simple life with uh season pick, picking up back again not as much going on but uh you know we get along good yeah heck yeah man that's awesome Good that, that you're enjoying it. You know, you probably got online classes, I'm assuming, so maybe a little bit easier going on the school side. 
there's pros, yeah, pros and cons to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm teaching online classes right now, so I know it. Uh, it's not the most fun thing in the world. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, last thing about about UNC specifically before I get into your college career is if I'm a big recruit, right? I'm a big recruit. I got UNC on my list. Why would I pick UNC over you know all these other schools? If I'm looking into the future of UNC and places I want to be for the next four or five years, um, I think we're going to be in a position to be winning some national titles soon. Um, and if as a top recruit, like I think UNC is a place that could get me to win a national title and also compete for national titles with my team. Um, I think so. I think the uh, the coaching staff and the depth and talent that we are creating speaks for itself. And then as far, as far as every other aspect of what you're looking for from a school, um, I think UNC probably has it. Um, great school academically, great location, um, great other, other sports programs. Um, I mean, I think that's gets, that gets overlooked about like how much greatness we're surrounded by at UNC. I think there's, there's like three, women's soccer players this year that decided to um, forego their season just because of the uncertainty of COVID. And they all signed uh, like pro contracts in uh, Europe to play soccer. And, you know, one of them was up for like player of the month this year. And I think the ch in like uh, the premier league. So there's yeah. just like, you mean, you meet some, you meet some crazy people. Um, you're surrounded by greatness. Um, it's a great school, honestly. Um, um, and then also like our team culture, like I think I think it's cool that we have like different personalities from all over. Um, I, I know Zach mentioned it in his pod uh, his podcast with you about how we have kids from California, Nevada, Washington, Texas, Kansas, like literally all over. And so it's like no matter what type of person you are, like you you have uh, your crew to like fit in. You you have you can fit in on this team. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's another thing that's really jumped out with Coleman taking over is, you know, not only is it, you know, the Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida guys right there in that Southeast region now, but it's like you said, I mean, New Jersey, California, you know, all over the place. Um, so that's really cool for sure that it's kind of, it's just a melting pot of people from everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But like getting into college wrestling, right? So obviously you had a lot of success in high school. You won three state titles. You were 173 and 27. Um, you know, pretty good career, obviously. How does how did it go adapting that to college, right? How is it adapting to college wrestling, and what makes a successful college wrestler, um, you know, not just successful high school wrestler? It's a good question. I didn't adapt that well my freshman year actually. Um, but I think the, the big differences from high school college is that the pace of a college match is way faster and way harder than high school. Um, and then top bottom changes a lot with riding time. You know, um, whenever I faced some top guys in high school, it was kind of that like, uh, you get a stand up, you get a stand up and, you know, like settle us on our feet. Um, but in college, there's nothing like that. You know, the guy wants to ride you. He wants to get that minute of riding time. And he wants to 
he wants to wear you out. Um, I didn't realize how much of a how like how big of a aspect of a match of like getting someone tired is wearing them out, like grinding on them. Um, you see it with Iowa, like you know Iowa in the third period. You know, it's not just Carver where they come and wear you out. It's like yeah pretty much any match like I didn't realize how big of an aspect that was and uh just like kind of never letting up in a match and just always being able to ready like uh, transition wrestling is one thing because you know all these guys are good all these guys are state champs that are starting so you know just I didn't realize that the level of competition actually surprised me a little bit when I came in and uh my freshman year I think I did I have a pretty I had a real tough year. I was like four and fifteen or something like that my freshman year. So Yeah, I was actually gonna ask you about that. Yeah. So like, you know, that was that's a good transition right into what I was gonna ask you is, you know, a lot of people come in and they redshirt as a freshman, right? That's not the path that you took. You came in and you were thrown right in as the starter at one sixty five. Um, like you said, four and fifteen, not the greatest of years. So it's definitely a hard transition. Um, but then you you redshirted that that next year, so that technically your sophomore year, you redshirted. Um, mm-hmm. So, what was that whole process of you know having that tough start um, and then you know electing to redshirt? Yeah, um, so this is when my story gets very unique. Um, I was I don't I don't I think I was planning on redshirting, but uh, the the previous 165 starter got a his like fifth concussion in his career. And so he medically retired from, and uh, after that, I was the next guy in line. And so they threw me out there. I think my first match was against Chandler Rogers. And I actually was up like three to one after the first period. Um, so I was like, decent start, got some confidence from that match. But, you know, I t- took a couple losses and my confidence really took a hit and kind of started changing the way that I was wrestling. I think, you know, I could give it, I could go into a lot of detail of how, you know, self-belief and self-confidence affects the way and how important that is into how you wrestle. And I was kind of lacking that as a freshman a little bit. And I think, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really believing in my abilities as much. And I think, so that, I think that caused me to lose a couple matches that I shouldn't have lost, but so I got very discouraged and kind of cutting a lot of weight. I was going 165 first year. And so I didn't, didn't know as many people at Carolina. So, you know, the transition to, you know, a thousand miles away from home, losing all these matches, cutting a lot of weight. Um, I was really just able, like, unable to see, like, the good things in life at that time and got really discouraged. And I actually quit wrestling. For like six months from March to about like August you know like I quit and wasn't planning on coming back and so I went home and worked a bunch of bunch of jobs that summer and tried, you know at that point my dad's like oh you got you got some time so you can you can go work and you know cover your own expenses like you have time to pay for them now and so it was, that was that was probably my most different summer that I've ever had because I've always played a sport my entire life. Um, but then just I felt like, I don't know, my self, self-pride and like competitiveness, competitiveness about myself, I felt that I had more in me. 
in store and that I just wasn't very happy with the way that I went out with my wrestling career. And so instead of just, you know, like kind of having that regret my whole life, I figured that, you know, I still have the time to change that. And so I wanted to come back and show to myself that I was way better than what I was freshman year. And so kind of took that whole summer off. And so that's when I came back and redshirted. And I think that that year helped me a lot. Learned, I learned that I was, I mean, even from my freshman year to that year, I improved dramatically. I think I was like 24 and eight as a redshirt from four and 15 and then improved again this year. And, you know, hopefully looking to do the same going forward. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. And it's cool to hear that story. And, um, you know, just looking at, you know, records and stats, like I could see the, the four and 15 to in your red shirt, like you said, 24 and eight, um, you had a big win during red shirt. I mean, you had some good wins, but the biggest one probably being a major over Andrew Morgan of Campbell, um, who was, I believe an all American this year. Um, I mean, yeah. And like you said, you, you red shirted that second year. I think that's kind of something too, that the UNC that coach Scott maybe does pretty well is, is kind of choose when to do those red shirts. Cause you know, Zach had the same situation when I talked to him is, you know, not the best at freshman years, red shirt that second year, and then just shot out of a cannon. Um, yeah. So, you know, what was that conversation, you know, taking a red shirt? Was it your idea? Was it coaching staffs? Like, how did you feel about it? What was that whole situation like? I think it was a mutual decision. Um, after, especially after coming off of a, I mean, I, I quit. So it was like coming off of a summer of I wasn't working out um, and most of the summer I wasn't, I was not planning on wrestling again. So my life looked very different at the time. And I, and we, we were also very strong on at 174, we had Devin Kane and Chip Ness at 184. I think still Kennedy was at 165. So we were very strong in those weights. And obviously I was coming off of a unique situation and I felt that I needed to get another year under my belt set when I'm, when I'm, when it's my time to go again, that I'm ready for it. But I think that taking all those losses freshman year was able to, I was able to benefit more off that redshirt year because I knew what the grind of a season is like. And I knew what areas that really caused me to lose all these matches were. Um, so I was able to focus on more specific things during practice. And Yeah. Well, so also like mindset wise, I mean, the record turnaround's unreal. I mean, four and fifteen to twenty-four and eight is is crazy. So, is and correct me if I'm wrong. From my thinking, I'm thinking maybe coming in as a freshman, thrust right in the lineup, you start losing, and you're like, crap, like, like this is a year of my eligibility, and like I'm not doing well. Like it kind of compounds and maybe gets a little worse. Um, you know, you have other factors, and then that redshirt year, you know, it's it's kind of a free year, right? Like it it doesn't count towards your, you know your four years, your like permanent record or whatever. So is it maybe a little bit of a, a kind of a more free wrestling and, and just kind of going out there doing your thing, you know, learning, getting better, uh, maybe less about the results? Um, yeah, I felt less. I, it's definitely less pressure because you're wrestling in tournaments instead of, you know, we do mainly a dual schedule. Yeah. Um, so I also think, you know, a little bit of, of it was level of competition. And, you know, facing – because I was also sharing my spot freshman year, and so I was getting thrown in, get thrown in during a lot of the tough matches, and I didn't really get too many of those easy matches where I could, you know, remember uh, this is my offense and get that confidence back, like, reinstated into me. 
Um, but so all these red shirt tournaments, you know, you face usually have like most of the time you have a good first round, easy first round match. And, you know, just like having those wins, being able to remember of what I'm good at, what I, what got me here and then just building off those things. Um, yeah, I guess I, I was able to, you know, I guess wrestle a little more free. I was going for a lot of moves. I had a lot of pins. I was just going for a lot of things. Um, yeah, it was a lot different. I also let wrestle. I think one thing that helped me was I wrestled in a lot of tournaments. Um, I think at like 32 matches, um, it was probably, was probably close to like the most on the team, including like the starters. And so I think that just, just that experience in college wrestling was also just one thing to help me. Yeah, sure. And I mean, you, you kept the momentum going too, right? You kind of like freed it up a little bit. We're able to, to really get back to who you are and do well. And then junior year, you really kept it going. You kept the foot on the gas. I'm interested too, not only like you had a lot of success and everybody knows that that's listening, right? Everybody knows you had a lot of success. One thing they might not have realized was when the wrestle-offs happened at the beginning of the year, you wrestled off at 184. Um, and then obviously, you know, there was an injury with Kane going down at 74. Um, how did that whole situation transpire? Where was it supposed to be Kane 74, you 84 or like what happened around that? Yeah. Um, I spent the whole summer trying to put on weight, trying to get big enough for 84. Um, Cause I saw, you know, Chip, Chip Ness was, gra was graduating and there was a whole, in that spot in the lineup. And I thought I was gonna be able to get big enough. I was pretty big. I was, I think I hit like 205. Um, so I was pretty big, but just throughout the grind of the season, um, I wasn't able to keep my weight up that well. Um, I was kind of seeing that as we were getting into season. And so I, once I saw that Devin was out, I was like, coach, like looked at the ACC and like, at 174 and I was a little weaker than 184 and I was like coach like I think I could win the ACC if I go 174 I think it's probably a better fit for me and so I went to, I, I went to the coaches and they told me to it was like I think it was like three days before the Hokie Open which is our first tournament of the year and they told me to later that day they told me if I they asked me if I could get down by this weekend so yeah had had a tough start to the year last year because I was like a very hard weight cut on very short notice um, starting off the season, but I had to do that. I had to I had to make weight for 174 that week. If I I think I would have had to make like 176 if I wanted to wrestle 174 against Michigan because of the just by the like however. You can only lose a certain percentage of your weight yeah. every week, whatever. So I would have had to make like 176 if I wanted to wrestle 174. But if I'm making 176 already, I might as well just wrestle once, lose the extra two. Um, so that's how all that went down. And I think right, my first my first match off the scale, I think I got taken down like six times. I I couldn't I couldn't move my feet. It was just it, it was. Probably it was the worst weight cut I think I've had in my life. And well, hell, it's, I mean, obviously you didn't cut all 30, right? But you said you got up to 205. So that's you know, 31 pounds you're going down. Um, I can imagine, you know, taking some time to get used to that, maybe being a little sluggish those first couple of times and then kind of adjusting down the line. Um, 
Yeah, I think I was sitting, I was sitting like around like 192. Um, and it was like, it was like Wednesday night and we had to wrestle that weekend. So, yeah. Um, so, so people, but people, no matter, I don't know, people that are listening now, they know, um, the success that you had. Right. And so you had an awesome year. It was your red shirt sophomore year. You went 21 and seven. You won an ACC title. It obviously worked out for you. Right. You told the coaches like, Hey, I could go down and I could possibly win this thing. And you did. Um, so, you know, what was that whole journey like of that season? I mean, obviously it had to be way different from the first season, you know, where you didn't have that great of a season yeah. to, to now you're, you're the best in the conference. You're heading into NCAAs with a, you know, full head of steam. Uh, yeah, way different. Um, it's a lot more fun winning for sure. Yeah. I, think, I think the biggest, like the crazy, one crazy statistic that stands out to me is I think I started off like 0-10 in duels my freshman year. And then I started off 10 and 0 in duels this past year. Wow. So like, that's just literally like a drastic turnaround. And I think, you know, it's like, like I was saying before, is like your confidence affects how you wrestle. And so like, as I was winning, I was getting more confidence. And then just like, not, I was like, like no, there was like no hesitation by the end of the year. Cause I was just confident. I would just wrestle off pure instinct instead of like, with that instead of like second guessing myself and some of these shots I was doing freshman year. Um, but it was, you know, it was a great experience getting, I like, I like wrestling in some of these packed crowds. I think, you know, like the NC state duel, even though we lost and came in on the wrong end of that, that was a great experience. Um, just wrestling in that type of environment and, you know, makes you a lot, makes you grow a lot closer with the, uh, other nine guys that are out there, um, you know, just because it's, it's pretty much, it's a lot different than, very different from uh, redshirting. I think anyone that has red, both redshirted and started knows the, just the, the difference in intensity between those two seasons. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, I, I I think that staying with uh, like Sherman and Jamie also helps a lot because, you know, we always pump each other up and having that belief in each other kind of helps when that, like if I, if I ever had that, like if I, my self-belief ever like wavered, um, you know, I got that from, I'm, I'm always hearing positive things from Sherman and Jamie and the coaches. And I think, that helps you kind of get through the whole thing because it's a long season and you know there's no matter like who you are there's always going to be some ups and downs and some hard days and it's a long it's a long six months of just the hardest training and but like it was good and I was ready for that national tournament but yeah yeah well I mean it's got to be good staying with those guys too like you know like you said not only are you guys probably close right you're probably good buddies, you know, get along really well. You have the same common goals, but they're also really good. Right. And, yeah. you know, all three of you guys were in the ACC finals, two of you winning it. So that's gotta be awesome. Having guys like that around to kind of keep you on track and keep pushing you. Um, and, you know, you doing the same for them. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not easy to do it by yourself, but you know, when you got a whole house that's on the same page as you trying to accomplish the same things, it gets it's much easier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking at your ACC tournament, you had a great tournament. You know, you, 
starting off looking at the bracket, you were the four seed though. Um, I'm mm -hmm. wondering, you know, obviously we know there's only six teams in the ACC, right? You're the four seed. So when you saw that bracket, what went through your mind? Oh, I thought, I mean, I thought I was going to win it, honestly. Um, I never, I didn't wrestle the one seed during the regular season. They sent out their backup and I knew that I could beat Bullard if I wrestled, just like avoid a few of those mistakes. And I believe that I had just wrestled a bad match and was so close to finishing a couple takedowns against Duke. Um, just a little inconsistent on those matches. Uh, I knew that I had like definitely had the ability to win that bracket. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you know, you went through it, you got an 11-5 win over Hughes, Virginia Tech in the first round. Um, one in tiebreakers against Harvey of Pitt, you know, good match. He was the one seed. You beat him five, four, and then end up in the finals, uh, getting your revenge over Bullard because Bullard had actually beaten you earlier in the year. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned before talking about, you know, one of the big things about transitioning to college wrestling is that top game, right? We know Bullard's that, that's a top game right there. Right. So how is it, how was that, kind of adjusting from that first loss to him to beating him in the ACC finals. And, you know, what kind of, what did you do differently? Uh, I didn't have any, I would say I just didn't have any, um, like, I'm trying to like word this, but I didn't have any like lack of attention. Like, I think I just, uh, and in that first match, I got in on a shot and I don't know what happened. I've watched it. I've rewatched it a couple times, and like, looked like I slipped on a banana pill when I was in on a leg, and then he he ended up getting he ended up like scrambling out of that and taking me down from that. And I think that was a huge changing point in the match, because um, then he ended up getting his boots in and riding me out for the rest of the period, and that changed a lot of things. Um, in that second period, he did get back in on my on my leg, and I was able to fight him off and there's no score out of it and, you know he's very good on top obviously and in that finals match I was never on bottom so you know I picked neutral and you know he has to take me down to pick to to win the match to get on top and so I didn't I think it was just I was very focused and in the moment in that match and I think there's a couple times in that first period where I let off the pressure and there's a couple times where like I didn't I guess I didn't like stay on him as much as I did in the in the second match. You know, I kept shooting the whole time. I stayed on my offense um for the full seven minutes. Yeah. Um and you know, last thing I got for that the ACC finals is, you know, you, you did, you won it, right? So you, you said at the beginning, I'm gonna win it or I could go down and I could win it. And you did, right. You set out and not only did you do that, but you went through the toughest dudes in the bracket to get there. Right. Um, the ACC tournament's wild, man. Cause I, there's some people that they get a buy to the finals because of how it works yeah. out. And there's some people sure. that, yeah. yeah, some people that hit them all. Right. And, and like you did, you hit all the, the best guys probably in the weight class and, and beat them all. Um, you know, how was, how was that feeling winning your first ACC title how does it compare to, you know, winning a high school title? Um, it's, it was a great feeling. Um, I think this one is much, feels a lot better just because of what I went through and the 
like the adversity that I faced my freshman year and just like knowing how much I had how much I had to put in to get to that point it's a lot more than high school um you know high school I was wrestling you know I want to stay title off the off of those four months in season um, but that ACC title did not come in those six months you know it was a culmination of a lot of things and had to stay was had to be more focused on my diet and the extra work that I was putting in to get in better shape and extra work that I was focusing on to how to get to a leg, how to get off bottom. Um, I think this one felt a lot better just because it took a lot more work. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and then you said, you know, kind of alluded a little bit to NCAAs. Um, obviously, we didn't get to have it. it sucks. Uh, we'll talk about that a little in a second, but I wanted to at least take a second and look at your bracket, right? Yeah. Um, something we didn't actually get the chance to see happen, but, you know, I, I would like to talk about it. I think that, you know, I'm just interested in your, your thoughts on your path, right? Because I like to look at people's past and see like kind of what would have happened. Obviously it's the NCAA tournament. It's wild. Who knows what the hell is going to happen each round. Um, mm -hmm. But we're just going to look at it. Like if the seeds held as it was, uh, then you would have hit, Kimmel Bastion, very first match, uh, Utah Valley. And then Jordan Cutler was the three seed out of Lehigh. Um, Caleb Romero, Ohio State. And then Michael Kimmer was the two, and Mark Hall was the one. Um, that's, I mean, that's a tough, tough road, right? I mean, it, it's cool looking at these because they're all over the place. Um, but, you know, just like your ACC tournament, you kind of would have had to go through the, the best guys. Um, mm -hmm. So what was your thought when you, you know, saw that kind of laid out in front of you or even thinking back at it now um I, I thought i had a pretty good spot honestly um i was about we were, me and Sherman were getting ready to literally write up a full scouting report on everyone in the bracket just to you know, be prepared for anybody um but i you know i liked it i think uh i think i also present a tough style matchup for a lot of guys. Um, I'm good on my feet. That's, I think that's where my strength is. And I was wrestling very good on my feet at the end, at, right, like coming off that ACC tournament. Um, so I think I was the guy that, you know, presented a tough matchup to a lot of those guys. Um, I was, again, I'm like, I think I'm as athletic and as strong as pretty much anyone in the weight class. And I'm also a lefty. So I think that, kind of changes up a lot of feet, like it gives a different feel for a lot of people um, that don't know how to just change, you know, like I, I'm not as good as defending the lefty single as I'm a righty single. And I think yeah. just because of, of how we drill and everyone drills against a righty. So I think that, you know, I think that I could have definitely made a run in this bracket just because, you know, these guys got to take me down. Um, even if, they're super good on top. I know Cutler's a good top top wrestler, but uh, he, I think he was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a little banged up coming off of his conference tournament. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I like that seed coming, lining up against that three seed. Um, I know Romero has similar strengths as me. Um, so I think that would have been a very interesting match. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do it next year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, the, the the cool thing about NCAA's for the ACC at least is, I don't know what it is, man, but like we, the ACC still doesn't get as much like 
credit going into these seeds, right? There's usually a, a lot of guys that are really good, that are conference champions that are coming in that are like yourself, the 14 seed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of respect on that seed. And, you know, that sucks. But at the same time, as a fan, it makes it for a really fun tournament because I know this dude is not the 14 seed, right? He's going to go out here. He's going to beat some dudes that um, the seeds don't predict, right? And so um, I think it, it makes for, for a lot of fun for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was excited to see it, but unfortunately didn't get to happen. Um, COVID hit whole world blew up. Uh, you know, what happened from your perspective? When did you find out, like, what was that whole, whole day? Like, um, we found out the day after the brackets came out. So had a little bit of time to think about it, but I think the brackets came out the same day that the NBA, NBA season canceled. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of saw the path that things were going on, you know. Um, I was actually one of those people that was, like, early in January was, like, was like telling all my friends, like, you know, check out this COVID thing that's happening in China. And, like, I was, like, still paying attention to it. And I think, you know, I think Zach mentioned, like, he saw, I think it was either in January or February, like a, like a college basketball game got canceled because one guy had COVID or something. Um, and he mentioned then, he's like, yo, what if, this, what, what if we don't have a national tournament? And just like joking around. And sadly, he was kind of, he was right, but he didn't, he didn't think he was right. Um, but as we saw, I mean, as we saw like the NBA gets canceled and all these things start to go down we kind of saw what the president was going to have to be and I think originally they ruled that we'd have a tournament with no fans and I think that lasted like a day yeah um when they ruled that we'd have it with no fans I really actually believed them and that's what we're going to do because you know it was only two weeks after the ACC tournament and not much had changed in the sense of cases and the whole scheme like whole thing so I think that definitely would have been possible, but you know everyone was afraid of what it could do, and yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, no, it sucks, man. Um, it really blows. I was looking forward to watching it. I uh, I I go every year. I've been the last ten years, and um, I took you know I already took the days off of work, and so I uh, they announced the whole fan thing, and I was in the car with my wife, and I looked at her. I was like. I already took the days off of work. I'm just going to stay in the basement and just set up like seven monitors. And I'm just going to watch this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it sucks. I mean, at the end of the day, looking back on it, it's such a worldwide uh, thing. I mean, it, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's such a small ordeal. Um, so, you know, hindsight 2020, we can look back on it with that. And obviously you guys got that extra year of eligibility now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it really sucked in the moment for sure. Um, you know, speaking of, I didn't even have that on here to ask, but with the extra year of eligibility, right? Um, you know, if people don't know that are listening, basically what happened is uh, the NCAA came out and just said, this year doesn't count, right? We're going to go through with this year, but basically, you know, in Clay's case, he's a junior this year, redshirt junior, um, but he's still going to be a junior next year, right? So he can wrestle this year, win a national title, it all counts in the history books, right? But it doesn't affect his eligibility. Um, so you technically have three years left if you want it, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Or are you like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm staying around for three years. I don't know yet. Or, 
you know, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's a lot more, com it's a lot more complex of a decision than people sure. think, you know, um, I'd like to use that year, but at this point I was planning on, I was planning on graduating this year and get, doing a one year master's program. So I was already planning on getting my bachelor's and my master's degree in five years. And so now I have that sixth year and that changes a lot of things. I could look at a different master's program. Um, I could look on getting a second master's degree. Um, there's a lot of different options that I do have. Um, or I could take my bachelor's and master's and go out into the real world and start working. Um, I think it just depends on um, where I'm at after that fifth year, because I do plan on taking a fifth year. Um, you know, if I've accomplished, I think it's a little bit of how close I am to accomplishing my goals. You know, if I win it, if I won a national title during that fifth year, that's kind of my ultimate goal. Um, then maybe I don't take that sixth year. But if I, you know, finish somewhere like I was like second or third and was like right on that brink of winning a national title, then, you know, that maybe I would take the sixth year then. And I think it just depends a lot on my situation um, going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people, people don't realize that. And I mean, even myself, like, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Like this dude has three more years. This guy has two more years. This is awesome. Um, but you know, when you kind of settle down and think you're like, it's a lot of logistical stuff that's going on behind the scenes for each person. You know, it's not like, of course, everybody would probably be like, yeah, give me another year, but it's a lot of stuff. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. and you know, extra master's program or uh, twice as long or whatever. Um, I'm just curious too, with, I don't know how scholarships work and all that does, um, your master's program, is that also like covered under scholarships or is that something that you kind of have to do yourself? you know, past your, your scholarship? Um, I'm, my scholarship should be able to take that on. Um, I know, and then like, I, I think a couple people have, like a couple people have been in grad school and wrestled at the same time. I know Troy Holloman was, was doing that for us. Um, I know like Cam Johnson from, a, from our basketball team transferred mm -hmm. from Pitt to our, and he was in a grad school program here. So it's a couple people do it, but um, wrestling is one of those sports where like everyone usually takes five years. So you see it a lot in wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, but, you know, next thing kind of get into is 174 is packed in the ACC, man. Like um, people don't realize that, you know, every, all, all the attention's kind of gone to 184 in the last couple of years because they've mm -hmm. had a lot of big names there, right? 133 has been pretty good. Like 25, there's been a lot of really good weights. <laughs> 74 is packed. Um, you know, the, the way I have it right now, you know, obviously you're the returning champ. Um, you have fine silver coming back at Duke, you have Bullard McGill from Pitt, um, Patrick and Howard, you have, you have some really good dudes in there. Um, you know, so what do you, what do you personally feel about, you know, the talent pool at your weight in the ACC and then also the ACC in general, how does the ACC stack up with these other conferences? Um, I think as just a conference at 174, I mean, we're pretty tough. I think we're, I don't exactly know what the rankings are at this moment, but I think we're all right about there in like top 12 area. Um, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good to have some people in, in the conference, especially in a year like this when we might only have some conference matches. 
Um, so I'm actually pretty excited to have some of those tough guys before we get to the national tournament, um, especially if we're not able to have those out-of-season duels um, or tournaments. But I think, you know, we're, we're pretty – I think we're tough compared to other conferences, but just because of the lack of size of our conference, we can't really – we don't really have the depth of opponents as, like, the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside the Big Ten, I think we're about up there with, with most conferences, um, most any other conference. Um, I think the Big Ten just takes the lion's share of things, and then every other conference is – you know, somewhere around there, but I think, I think we're right around. You know, we're ACC is definitely making a push for that second, that next best conference. Yeah, uh, that's that's my belief too. Is that you know, you got to give the Big Ten number one, right? Because it, you know they've been around for so long and had such success for so long, and it's just kind of like a historic thing. Um, they're big. They have a lot of good schools, um, but I, I think that. I think the ACC is a clear cut number two, as far as talent goes. I mean, like you said, there's only six schools. There's not a lot of schools compared to other conferences. Um, But man, these weight classes are deep. And I mean, you get, there's, there's no shortage of talent. I mean, I'd love to look at, you know, statistically how many, you know, uh, qualifiers are coming out of each conference and how many, you know, all Americans, all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee the ACC is right there, uh, you know, with, you know, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, all those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think if you looked at it a per like by a per school basis, you know, I, I'd like, I'd be interesting to see where we're at compared to the Big Ten. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely like, like I said, I, I think it's clear cut uh, number two conference mm-hmm. right behind the Big Ten, uh, nipping on the hills for sure. But I, I mean, also with that emergence of how great the ACC has been lately there's a lot of really good schools like you said like I mean I, I don't remember the rankings flow has or whatever but for duels I, I'm pretty sure that NC State Virginia Tech UNC are all in the top 10 um, and mm-hmm. so I mean, there's just some really great wrestling going on in the ACC that builds some really great rivalries um, what from from your perspective right you personally the Tariels, whatever who's you guys' biggest rival um, I would say our biggest rival would be NC State, but at this point, I'll be honest, like it's hasn't been that the, like a huge rivalry like we've expected. They've beat us pretty much every year, but I'd say that's the match that we look forward to the most going into the year. Um, but I'd say that we might be a bigger rival with VTech right now. Um, a more competitive rivalry in the past. Um, I, we do have the past two years on them, I think. But like a, NC State is that match that we look forward to the most. Yeah, I mean, I imagine because that, like you mentioned it before, that duel last year was awesome. Um, I was yeah. there. It was it was awesome. I mean, it was at NC State, so they had you know an incredible atmosphere. Like, what was it like wrestling in that atmosphere? Um, you know, just. You know, as as a wrestler, how how, how yeah. cool was that? You know, that's not something. Or that's something that the ACC's really been building in the last couple of years. So, yeah. how was that? It's it's exciting. Um, you know, I think our team likes those environments. Um, we get you know, it's easy to get up for the the hard matches where I think you see a team wrestle down to competition is during those like quiet duels. Those um, the ones with not many fans, you know, like those are the ones that are hard to get up for. This one, you know, like you know, you 
it's easy to get the best out of you when you have an arena like that. Like, you know, you don't want to, as much as you don't want to lose in front of nobody, like you definitely don't want to lose in front of a lot of fans, especially against a team 25 minutes away for the ACC title. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of emotions going through your head in that match, like uh, leading up to that match. Um, but, you know, same with them. And they got us last year. And, you know, any – is a five-point du dual score. So, like, you know, any one of those matches um, that turned out in their favor, you know, switches around. We ACC champs in the regular season. Um, so, we were right there. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, heck, a couple of them did, right? Uh, you know, two yeah. of them in the ACC finals. You and Sherman both lost in the duel, but, you know, ended up getting them at the end of the year. Um, so it easily could have been, you know, however many points the other direction, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I, I think what's exciting for me is like, not only like that environment was rocking, man, like it hurt my ears just sitting in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'll put that specific duel up there with, you know, the rec halls, the Carver Hawkeyes, West Gems, all those places. Um, and I think the most exciting part about that is it, it was at NC State, so that was great, but NC State, UNC, and Duke are all, like you said, within 30 minutes of each other. So there's no reason that that same duel is not like that at UNC next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, as long as you can have fans. Yeah. Uh, I'm, ex <laughs> I'm, ex I'm expecting that duel to be uh, just as exciting. You know, I've, a bunch of my friends have asked me, you know, like they want to come out and watch a duel, and I, they're asking me what match to come out to, and I'm telling them that one. So, I mean, I, I expect – especially the competitiveness of that match last year, I'm expecting, you know, a great atmosphere going forward, wherever it's at. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be an awesome duel this year for sure, because I know that uh, they have the same team returning, right? Exact same guys. They didn't graduate anybody. You guys um, are, are kind of filling in a couple of spaces, but you, you're kind of reloading, right? You have some dudes that are stepping in the lineup that are going to be, you know, very, very good. Um, so I feel like you guys, if anything, got better this year. And like you said, like there's a couple of matches that you guys lost in the duel that you flipped in the ACC championship. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be an awesome duel. I mean, it's like, it's up in there. Who knows who's yeah, going to win. This that, gonna... that duel between us has a lot of toss up matches, like a lot of, almost every match is a toss up match. And, you know, they didn't graduate anyone. We graduated one person, um, but we're also getting back like Devin Kane. Um, we got some guys that, you know, we're also getting we're also getting one year older, one year better, just like them. Um, but I'd argue that at 157, you know, that could have been our most experienced backup that we had. You know, Josh McClure was a national qualifier in 2019. So I mean, if if that's one if that's one spot to lose, you know, ACC AC Headley was very good for us. But you know, we have a national qualifier as a backup, um, someone that should be able to step right in for us. Obviously, that's going to be a hard wait in that specific duel with, um, with Headlay, but, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I expect Josh to step right in and, you know, I don't think we're going to miss too much from that. Yeah. And I mean, I think the interesting wrinkle in it too, and, and not only this duel, but other duels is going to be the, the eligibility thing this year. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, I'm not a coach, but I can imagine with this year, basically not counting, uh, there's probably not going to be any red shirts at all. If, you know, very few and pretty much, 
anybody on the team can earn that spot and go out there and, and wrestle. So I know you guys got a bunch of, you know, stud recruits that have come in. You got a bunch of guys that you said are sitting on the bench with national qualifiers. Um, it's going to be cool just to kind of see who gets in the lineup and, you know, see that kind of flair on the year too. Um, but yeah, that should be, I think that's the plan, you know, throw out the best lineup that we have and, you know, it should be interesting because, you know, those, those weights, like you were mentioning earlier, like that are deep 133 and some other ones, uh, you know, you're going to get the best out of the guy because, you know, he's, if there's any extra motive, like there wasn't that motivation to be the best version of you available like that you can you know it's going to be there this year just to even make the starting lineup and you know once you do make it you got to prove yourself why you're in that spot so yeah for sure you gotta gotta keep it um so i'm gonna i'm gonna i know you got stuff to do i got stuff to do i'm gonna end it on a couple of questions for you i got like four more left um so first uh what's your biggest win so far in your college career that you think you know maybe not you know However you want to take that question, what kind of win do you look back on? Um, I would – I think the one that just most stands out would be – would probably be Bullard just because of the situation. Um, I lost to him, I think, twice in high school and once in that – earlier in the year in the duel. And not that – I think I, like, upset him because in my mind I was as good as him. Um, but just like getting over that hump of, you know, like putting together a full match. Um, I put together many periods against them in the past, but putting together that full match and especially in the, in the, in the scenario that I did in the ACC finals um, really stood out to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, going right along with that, I, I don't know, you know, obviously you're a competitor, so you're out there actually, you know, doing the damn thing, but, uh, I don't know how much you actually watch the other guys throughout the country and all that kind of stuff. Is there anybody, you know, in this year or the coming years that you're kind of looking forward to wrestling? Like, man, I'd, I'd really love to wrestle that guy. Um, I think maybe uh, Mantonona, Anthony Mantonona from Oklahoma. He's an exciting wrestler. For sure. He's like, he's, so I think uh, he's another athletic wrestler. I think that's good on his feet. I think that would make for a pretty interesting match. Also, um, Fine Silver from Duke. I think just cause I've, I've never wrestled him. Um, we've always been around the same weight. Um, I don't know how we've how how we've avoided each other this like up to this point in college. Um, and I think I'm ten in the rankings. He's eleven. So I think that'll be interesting. Though. Yeah, no, those are both uh, both exciting to think about. I mean, Manson is a human firework. Like, yeah, dude's insane. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so that I would love to watch that match. But also, like you said, Fine Silver definitely one I got circled because, you know, you have a win over every single person in the ACC at 174 returning, except for him because you guys haven't hit. Mm. Um, you know, obviously you're the returning champ. He took the year off uh, and spent it, you know, training to get better. So I'm I'm excited for that one for sure. That's going to be a lot of fun to see. Um, and you know, the last couple of things I want to ask you is, you know, first. What's your mindset returning for, for this season? You know, you're the returning ACC champ. Um, what's, what's your mindset coming into this year? My mindset is, you know, I, I got to prove, I got to prove again um, that, like, you know, that last season wasn't a fluke. Um, with one bad year and one good year, I'd say, so far in college, you know, I, you know, I'm still, 
I'm still trying to prove myself even more. Um, you know, I'm trying to get to top five, top three in the rankings, you know. Um, so I just try to improve every day is my mindset. Um, and I don't think I'm where I need to be yet to win a national title. So I'm still very motivated and very, very excited going into the season. Yeah, well, I mean, I personally, I would definitely not call it a fluke. I mean, you went through the yeah. best dudes to, to win that title. So um, there's nothing fluky about that, right? Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I'm excited for you, too, because 174 is a weight class that this year, um, you know, just following it from a fan perspective, a lot, it's kind of cleared out a lot, right? A lot of these these top dudes have kind of graduated, moved weight classes, you know, gone different places. So it's going to be fun to kind of see it shake out and see where everybody fits. Um yeah, definitely, definitely weight that's up for grabs, and I'm looking forward to watching you. Uh, but, and the last thing that, you know, I'll leave this, I'll leave it on this. What can UNC fans look forward to this season for, for the team? Um, I think you're, you can look forward to another year of UNC being in the top 10. Um, um, you know, I don't know what our schedule is going to look like, but, you know, whoever's going to be there, I think that you're going to get the best from us every time, you know, um, looking forward to us to hopefully being ACC champs again, um, having a lot of individual champs in ACC. And, you know, if we have a national tournament, I think uh, I think all of us are ready to go put on a show out there, especially coming off of a year with not being able to do so. Um, so I think we're ready. I think we're hungry. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm in walking distance to the stadium, so uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, those, uh, those ACC championship rings were – Pretty, pretty sick, man. So uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing some NCAA ones this year from you guys. Um, yeah, but, awesome. yeah, thanks for joining me again, man. I had a great time. Uh, we'll definitely chat again soon. Thank you, man. I had a good time.